Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gordon Show. I am on the mic today with Beck Antonucci, who has recently become a fast friend. We met a few years back when we were both speaking at an event and I actually, I don't know if I told you this, but I actually cried during your keynote. Um, Now Beck is a client and a friend and an absolute firecracker. And today we're going to be diving deep into the topic of vulnerability and how it's helped Beck to turn her personal brand into a multi six figure business. Beck, welcome to the show. Mm, thank you so much for having me. I'm a massive Steph Gordon fangirl, so I'm really happy to be here and so grateful this year to enter your vortex even deeper. So beautiful, babe. We spoke at an event together and I, I want to dive into this. It's funny because it, how one little moment can kind of stay for so long because like I said, you spoke at that event and I, th- I remember you doing like a, um, I guess it was a visualization. And I closed my eyes and I remember you playing music in the background. I was like sobbing my eyes out. As a fellow keynote speaker, I was like, come on, keep your shit together, Steph. (laughs) Don't show them weakness. (laughs) And uh, it was so funny how like it moved me so much. And I don't even really remember, I obviously Becky who ran the event, but I don't really remember any of the other speakers, but I remember you so clearly. And I think you mentioned that you had kind of the same experience. Around seeing you there. Yeah. Yeah. And about like, oh, like there was an energetic connection, right? There was an end for me. It's like, oh my God, this perfect blonde woman. That's like my biggest trigger. And so I'm watching you and I'm like, she's everything I'm not. And then I end up on the internet and I couldn't stop watching your things. And I'm almost like, this woman's actually amazing. What, like, what is even this trigger? I think maybe she's not triggering and you actually really love her. Maybe I need to connect with this person. So that was my experience of you. Like the perfect blonde woman is just like, the woman that for me is a representation of almost the bully from high school mm. and the woman that I think might actually try and hurt me. So there's almost that little warrior inside of me that thinks I better not get too close to her. But I just mm. couldn't stop following you online and that's how I ended up in your world. I was just like, maybe this trigger is showing me a path to love rather than a path to fear. Ah, oh, mic drop. If I- <laughs> and if you're listening, guys, like, this is exactly why we love Beck. And this is why I think you've made such an impact in the world already and, and so much more impact to come. But because straight up vulnerability and sharing is like, ah, this was a moment for me. Ah, like, and this was my trigger and I'm fully here to be able to speak about it. So Beck, for anyone who's listening, that isn't in your world right now, which is crazy. Go follow her immediately. Tell us, who is Beck Antonucci? I am an emotional wellbeing coach for women. Um, what I do for work in terms of like my passion purpose is to support people to really cultivate the courage from within to express whatever it is that they've been hiding and really reclaim their personal power back from anything that's made them feel small and suppressed in society. I speak really powerfully about the herpes virus online uh, because that was such a huge part of my own journey, but I'm also a partner, a sister, a daughter, my my little Kobe's auntie and a very big beach lover and just a massive lover of life. You really are. And like every time I speak to you, every time I see you, you really are like living fully in alignment with that. Like you're always really like rating so much optimism and like really, I think, deeply connected to the life that you've created, which is so beautiful. And part-time comedian. <laughs> if you make your way to my Instagram stories, I'm like, once I'm done abolishing stigma, I actually think that I was born to be a comedian. It's so funny because my partner, Tim, follows you as well. I know you guys have had some conversations online and we're always laughing about your posts, (laughs) always laughing about your content. So yeah, amen, 100%. What did you sell to make your very first dollar as an entrepreneur? Personal training, actually. Personal training was my very, very first dollar. 
And then in a past life, I thought I was going to be the spiritual Lorna Jane. So I had this big vision of having an active wear and I tried to get this active wear off the ground three times. I fly to Bali, run out of money because I had no business acumen, no idea how to get the business off the ground, come back with my tail between my legs and think, oh shit, I better go get a job. (laughs) Did that again, worked in corporate for two years. I was like, I'm not working to build someone else's dream. Flew back to Bali with all my savings to start this brand, ran out of money again, flew back. And then I ended up with a silent business partner who injected $60,000 to go 50-50 in my active wear. And we got that off the ground. I had a manufacturer over in China and we ran that for a year and a half until our business partnership fell out and then started my coaching business. Amazing. Isn't that a crazy... Were you always meant for entrepreneurship? You kind of mentioned that like at some point you were like, no, 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 I'm going to do this. Was that always the case for you? Always, even when I had my personal training business, I was like, I'm destined for more. And I have always hated being told what to do. I've always been a natural activator. So people have always come to me, even when I was like, I know I'm selling these people lunges, but I have a feeling that they're not actually coming for the bicep curls and the lunges. They're coming for me and they're leaving me feeling so fucking pumped to live their life. So what is it about me that is creating this experience for them? And I really believe that I could channel that into my active wear, it's always been the same message, empowering women to love themselves and go and live their lives. No matter what's happened, this was before herpes, this is after herpes. It's a very similar message. But each step was kind of a stepping stone to this coaching business that I now have whilst integrating the life lessons. And yeah, when I went back into corporate and I was supporting someone else to build their dreams, I was watching this thinking, maybe this is my role to be the bystander or the support to this woman as she builds this massive franchise. And it really felt so deeply unfulfilling for me to support someone. That was never my role. And I looked at her and I thought, I'm seeing the behind the scenes of your business. And this is like a two-year uni degree, seeing the behind the scenes of what goes on within a franchise. And this is my permission slip to go and do my own thing. I cannot build someone else's dream. I get to build mine. Yes. Oh, so good. And so you, for me, like when I first heard you speak, like I'd never heard anybody speak so openly about something that has so much stigma, which should not, by the way, but unfortunately, you know, it still does. So, you know, you're the queen of vulnerability right here in my eyes of someone who shares so vulnerability so openly to be able to empower others, to be able to kind of, I guess, put yourself in the fire so that others can follow you, you know? You've created such a mega successful coaching mm-hmm. business actually doing this and almost like a cult following, I would say, from sharing content that other people, I think, would probably shy away from. Mm-hmm. Were you always an open sharer? Was this always something like from a young age or was there, a, were you closed? Not at all. A part of the reason that I was a personal trainer was I, like I said at the very beginning, you being the perfect woman who represents the bully. The bully is someone who put so much fear into me from age 14 through 17. And I was bullied every single day. And because of that, I really believe that if I was perfect, if I looked a certain way, if my body looked a certain way, then people wouldn't try and hurt and harm me. And so I never wanted to be different. I never wanted to stand out unless I was standing out from a place of deep attraction, like she's better than me, therefore I'm not going to try and get into her space. Mm -hmm. So when this thing happened to me, which was the herpes virus, I deeply feared what people would think of me if they were to know this thing about me because I created such an identity around looking perfect and receiving validation that as soon as this landed in my world, it was like everything that I'd worked for my entire life was ripped from me. And my fear of judgment was so great that it felt like it was going to be the thing that destroyed me. 
And it was a massive path to this acceptance. It took a lot of years for me because I denied it, tried to run from it, tried to pretend it wasn't here, did so much work with mentors, but I would never say the word. The word herpes couldn't even come out of my mouth. It would get blocked in my throat. I was disgusted by it. And it got to a point where I'd done so much work to try and break free from it. And I still had never told anyone, not one person, not one mentor, not one friend, not one partner. It was this silent thing inside of me. And I had this almost quiet alarm bell in the back of my mind going, you have herpes, you have herpes, no one will love you, you have herpes, everyone's going to hate you, everyone's going to judge you. And that was the thing where I was like, it's not physically present anywhere on my body because I have such a value for natural health. I really take care of my physical body. But this alarm bell got to a point where I couldn't handle it anymore. And I said to myself, I actually have to address this boogeyman in the closet. And that's when I connected with Preston Smiles because I was like, if one person can support me to break free from this, it's him. And I can't run from this pain anymore because it's eating me alive on the inside. Yeah. And I'm midway through one of Preston's courses as well. And, and such a beautiful energy and such an incredible awakening, the inner, right? And I'm just go, I'm going in of really realizing that the validation that you seek and everything you're seeking on the external, you can actually create within the internal once you start to actually create a harmonious environment within. And so it's a really, really beautiful lesson. So. I'm sure that the listeners are like, oh my God, so what does she do next? <laughs> Tell me about, maybe not the moment. Obviously, you you know shared it within Preston's incredibly safe container that he creates, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, you started to share it. At what point did you start sharing it publicly? Because being this silent alarm bell, this almost probably very crippling anxiety that you were probably feeling and consciously like feeling sick all the time or nauseous or anxious or worried or just that amount of self loathing that was going through your mind at that time. How was that moment? So I did a six-month course with Preston and I set a date at the end of it to decide that that would be the day that I would share with the world. And I did all the work from within. And then I realized I went through a massive journey. This is years of plant medicines, shamanic teachings, trying to do everything that I could to heal myself naturally. So I never had to tell anyone that I tested positive for the virus. And once I went through this six-month course, I started to realize I'm starting to accept it. It's not anywhere present on my body. So it's this invisible thing that's in my mind. And I really started to ask myself, what is it about it that makes me so fearful? And I realized it wasn't the virus. I'm not scared of the virus at all. I learned how to manage it naturally. It didn't exist for me. So then it was like, well, what really is, if it's not the virus that I'm afraid of, what am I actually afraid of? What is the boogeyman in the closet? And I said to myself, it's what other people are going to think. It's what the perfect blonde woman is going to say. Is she going to bully me again? And I said to myself, but that's not going to happen anymore. I've got my own back. So Rebecca, are we going to live our lives caring what everyone else in the world thinks of us? Or are we actually going to stake in the ground? I thought everyone was going to hate me. I thought people were going to graffiti my house, key my car. I had all of these stories about horrible things that would happen to me if people were to know this about me. And then I decided one day we cannot live our lives for the thought of what other people think about us anymore because that's assumption anyway. So even if everyone hates us, even if my family is deeply ashamed and no man ever wants to choose me again, I can't continue living like this because every day I do this, I'm not choosing me. And I hadn't broken free from the shame entirely yet, but I said I'm willing to no longer live my life for the opinion of others, staking the ground, Facebook Live, I'm doing this thing. And I planned it the day this six-month course ended And I didn't do it that day. I sat with my phone in my hand and I just cried and I cried and I cried and I thought I was crying out of fear, but I was actually crying mourning that past version of me who cared so much about what everyone else thought about her. 
And then the following day, I said, okay, well, I've grieved. I've spent my day grieving her. And now if I don't press that live button to Facebook, I'm essentially acknowledging and affirming all of their thoughts and saying that they're more important than my thoughts about myself. And I went live and I did it. And that's essentially the day that my life changed forever. Oh, I have goosebumps all over my body. (laughs) Because the thing that you're speaking to is, and it's like you said at the very beginning of this episode, it's got nothing to do with her face. Mm Mm-hmm right? Like, because this message is the same, whether it's herpes, whether it's going into your own business, whether it's challenging your parents' belief systems on that you shouldn't have gone to university or that you should have married that person or that you should have, whatever, it doesn't matter, right? What the bully said at school, what, you know, you're gay, you're married, you're transsexual, you're whatever it is, right? It doesn't matter what it is. Like, it's not that, that is not the problem. Like we usually come to terms with that on our own for ourselves. It's what other people will think. That mm-hmm. is what is actually holding us back. And I love the way that you put it so eloquently and so beautifully. So talk to me because obviously at that moment, everything, you know, probably not exactly in that moment that everything changed for you. But over the course of the next few years, like you went from like, you know, a PT with some energy that people really wanted to be around to like having a huge cult following to completely bursting open. Like you have a a really large, dedicated, loyal, engaged following on social media. You're changing lives. You built this incredible business that actually helps women to break free. And this is where we're talking it. This is what we talk about guys. When, when Beck says, you know, that she's an emotional, an emotional support coach for women. It's like, it's helping women to break free from whatever stigma they're placing on themselves. It doesn't have to be herpes, which is what I love so much. Um, but such a powerful thing. So tell me, how did building a business go after that? Like a coaching business? Like, cause when we started working together, I was shocked because you have built a business that's making a huge amount of money, mm-hmm. but kind of almost sounded like it was accidentally. Like it was, it was intuitive. It was natural. It was without push, without hustle, without, not to say you weren't working hard because you were working really hard, but it was so easeful for you. There was no marketing strategies or Facebook ads or, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was organic and it was natural. And it, I really believe because of the energetics. Mm-hmm. Talk to me how that looks for you. So when I did that live, I still had the active wear and I was in the middle of a big breakdown between me and my business partner at the time. And I was really scared to let go of the active wear because I didn't know what was next. I knew I was made to be an entrepreneur. I knew that I wasn't a Pilates instructor and a personal trainer anymore. I knew that that was my past. And so I was really deeply fearful around what was next. And at the time, I was working three jobs, Pilates instructing and personal training to pay my rent and bills. And I was in $100,000 of debt. So I was like, if I let go of this dream, I can't go back working for someone and I can't work 75 hours a week personal training and Pilates instructing anymore. And I was deeply fearful to cut that cord, not knowing what was coming for me. And I eventually completed the active wear and created the space and still didn't know what was next. By this time, like I said, I contracted herpes when I was 25, which sent me deep into the work. I have worked with so many mentors, done all the self-paced courses. I had all the knowledge, all the education, but I never went out to get it with the intention to facilitate it. It was just for my own internalized acceptance. And then the pandemic hit and non-essentials got closed down and there was no Pilates instructing and there was no personal training. And I had rent and bills to pay and I had $100,000 of debt and I was barely making ends meet working 75 hours. And now with non-essentials gone, I had no hours. And I remember standing on the balcony 
and my mum coming around my home. And I live quite in quite an affluent area in Perth. And I was going through shame around this at the time, a lot of money shame, a lot of deep embarrassment, didn't let anyone know what kind of pain I was in. My mum yelled up at me, are you going to Centrelink? And I was like, mum, do not yell that out loud in front of people in my neighbourhood. I don't want anyone to know that financially I'm suffering. And I literally, once my mum left, I sat there on my balcony and I thought, how, Rebecca, did you get your life to the point that you might need to go to Centrelink because you can't make money? And no, there's no judgment from me around government benefits. It was just I'd worked so hard my entire life to create something and I had nothing yet to show for it. And at the time, I had a lot of my friends enter a business course with Press and Smiles and I'd seen them blowing up. They were doing 20K months, 25K months. And I looked at them and I don't want to say I'm judgmental or I've shared this with them all as well. But I was like, how the hell are they doing $25,000 a month? I'm better than them. I know more than them. I'm seeing them online. And then I sat there and said to myself, well, they're doing the thing. They're showing up every day. They're giving calls to actions. They're asking people to work with them. And I had, like I said, barely any money. And I sent Preston a message and I said, I need to do your business course and I don't have any money to pay. And he let me do his business course and said, when you make your money, you know that you do owe me for the courses that you've done. I still owed him about 10,000 US dollars. In that first month, I made 28 grand. Mm. And the reason that I know that I did that, number one, I've been planting seeds since I was 21 in personal training. My messaging has always been the same. Mm-hmm. I have always desired to encourage people, activate people, see women rise. I have always been empowering women. So when I transcended over to coaching, it wasn't like, oh, this new thing Beck's doing. It was like, of course Beck is doing this. She was born to do this. It was just she was fearful to choose herself and be seen as her own brand. So for so long, she tried to be Beck, but sell Pilates, be Beck, sell activewear. And now Beck's just selling Beck. And that's why I believe the universe was like, finally, path of least resistance. You woke up. Here you go. Here are the clients. They've been waiting for you and you've been doing the work for years to have them know, like, and trust you. And that's really why I believe that I blew up that month and have every month since then always blown up. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And it, it really comes back to like, when people know how much you care, they, mm-hmm. they really want to get on the gravy train, you know, they're more than happy to throw their money at you. And uh, like where I see business owners, and, and I'm sure you can agree, go so wrong is where they come out of the gates and they just want to make the 28K month straight away. Mm-hmm. And they're not focused on building the audience. They're not focused on listening to the people. They're not focused on giving back and having wholehearted, wholesome conversations. Like you have to do the groundwork, right? Like Beck, I'm sure that you were PTing at some points for like basically free, especially if you started in a gym, you're basically PTing for like $16 an hour. Like you're PTing for cheap, for free. And you're messaging people outside of those PT hours as well. Like, and you know, you, you do all the groundwork. And then when you blow up, people look at you and they say, oh, well, if she can make 28 grand in a month, then, you know, X. And yes, of course, there are some marketing tactics involved, right? But that's not what made you blow up. Like, yes, it helps. But what made you blow up was the fact that you spent all these years cultivating this audience, helping these women, being this, like having this mission on your heart that you finally were brave enough or challenged enough to accept, yes, this is the mission that's on my heart. And yes, I am going to do it. And I love that. And then when coaches come into my world and they're like, you blew up overnight, I turn around and I say to them, it didn't feel like overnight when I worked for two years for 75 hours, barely making ends meet, and then going back to my parents' garage to package activewear to ship out. That didn't feel like overnight success. It didn't feel like overnight success for two years when I worked for a franchise or who was screaming at me, but I was building the skill set to actually 
I know what to do now in my business. That didn't feel like overnight. I've been working on this since I was 21. I'm 34. Mm-hmm. So maybe from the moment that I fully committed to my coaching business, that felt overnight. But the 13 years prior, that that definitely did not. Yeah. And they failed businesses. Like yeah. you failed a couple of times. Like, And most people don't bounce back from that. I came back really fearful. I know I was naive and I love young Beck. That's like, I'm just going to go to Bali and start a business. No idea. Take my money and then just go to a manufacturer. I'm sure that'll work. But every time I came back, I was deeply afraid of what's next. I don't know what to do. I'm really stuck. So I love the passion and the drive and the motivation. And there were real low points of, I don't actually know what to do. And I don't know what this means for my life. Mm, Because there's no such thing as overnight success. And and anybody who is glamorizing or selling overnight success, you know, for some people, it can look like it happens only if you've done a lot of groundwork beforehand. So, you know, on the back end of that, ever since then, you've been really consistent. You've been, you know, helping so many people. You've had so much impact. It's so beautiful to witness. And, And I know for a lot of this time, like you had a lot of the business skills, but when I first started speaking to you, you were doing all of it yourself. All of it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> Literally all of it. Send and then my calendly that will send the automated meeting link. I'd send the Zoom myself. You were like you would send the Zoom link yourself. You were sending out every single email, every single like welcome pack, every single coaching call link, like all the coaching call notes, everything was manual, everything was done by you. And it was incredible to me that first of all, you've been doing this for years, which, you know, power to you. Like that just goes to show you how freaking passionate you are about what you do. But I guess, you know, off the back of, you know, doing it all yourself and and having all of that incredible energy to be able to give to your clients, was there a point in business where the energy that you wanted to be able to give your clients was starting to lapse because you didn't have the systems and the processes and the business stuff in place to be able to support you to support them? Yeah, it's never been my ability to hold space for the client, but it was my desire to really put my foot down in my own business. And I was looking at my business for so long, it felt so rewarding to do it all. I was busy, I was making money, it was felt really empowering. I was like, oh, this thing I was born to do, yes, it's here. And I didn't hit any kind of pain point because I loved all the pain points until after two years, I was like, hold on, I did $28,000 my first month in a pandemic. And I'm still doing 30K, you know, some months 38, some months 25. And it's great money. I think it's incredible and I'm grateful for it. But I said to myself, I'm over two years in now. Like I'm two and a half years in. What's going on for me to be hitting the same pain point? Like I haven't grown and growth is such a value of mine. And that's where I said to myself, I'm number one, doing it all myself. And number two, I realized I hadn't shifted the energetic behind it. I was still living my life. Like my mum was at the bottom of my balcony telling me that I needed to call Centrelink and get job seeker. And I every single day I was showing up to work, like got to do X, Y, Z tasks, got to do this, got to do that, do this many reach outs, send these links. And it's because I can't pay my rent on Friday if I don't get it done. And whilst that was an incredible driver and rock bottom taught me how to create a $30,000 a month business, I realized I'm literally running my business from scarcity. And even though it's created result, I haven't realized until now that's still my driving force and scarcity isn't going to create for me any more abundance or freedom. Mm. And that's when I saw you and I said, Steph, I also invested in a couple of mentors, didn't go so well. And that's when I turned to you and I said, Steph, I'm desiring an in-person Perth female community. And I've been following you since when we connected at that in-person event. And I see the way that you run your business and I'm really interested because there are some holes in mine. 
Mm, yeah. And I love that you, even through our discussions and our coaching calls and things like that, I, I've never heard it quite that way, is that that there was a scarcity that you were almost holding on to because fear is a really good driver, right? Mm-hmm. Like fear is a great driver. Like, you know, we have we have desire and we have fear and they're pretty much the carrot and the stick that are going to drive most business owners to either succeed or to not succeed, right? And I was actually having a conversation with one of my mentors today and he was talking about the comfort zone and how within a comfort zone, it's kind of like a band and there's an upper limit. There's also a lower limit. When we get to the upper limit, no matter what it is, but let's say it was money, if we start earning more money than we think we deserve, we just, we'll spend it. Mm-hmm. We won't be able to hold it, It'd be like a leaky bucket. But also if we get to a lower limit of our comfort zone and we drop below our lowest limit, we start to get desperate and then we have to hustle our way, right? The, the Centrelink moment, we hustle our way to it. And sometimes it's hard to get out of that habit. And also the belief systems that are created is this is what it takes to create a $30,000 per month business. So this is what I have to continue doing. Otherwise, it's going to go away. It's so wild that you say that because my very first year of business, I used to transfer all my money out so that it would still say $0. So then I would get to the rent to pay my mentors, to pay the coaches, to pay whatever it is I need to pay. And I've got, got to work, got to create some more, got to sign another client. And then someone reflected back to me, why do you keep getting your bank account to zero? And I was like, well, I don't know if I will keep going if I don't have the mentality of I need to. And that rock bottom, that scarcity, that fear, and almost my dad's voice in the back of my mind, like you must work, being a hard worker makes you a good person, makes you a good girl, makes you able to provide. That was my driving force of if I get it down to zero, that'll make sure that I succeed. But if I have abundance sitting there, maybe I'll lapse off. Maybe I'll go for a swim when I really should send those links out. Maybe I won't do those reach outs. Maybe I'll take some time off and I'll end up at Centrelink. And so the zero dollars became my driver until I realized I don't need that anymore. Mm, I'd love to know how that's changed now. Cause I, I know that, and even as we speak, you know, guys, we're always doing the work. Even as we speak, we're, we're doing the work, right? But how has your business changed now? And I think, you know, one of my favorite things is I know you brought on team and I know we're going to dive into that shortly, mm-hmm. but like, I personally think team is one of the biggest drivers and I'm sure you'll agree with me because now you have someone else to pay. And like all of a sudden, it's not about you and your own abundance, which I mean, is also amazing and totally fine. And we can want our own abundance. We can crave our own abundance. I personally love watching money pile up in my bank account, but you know, everyone has their thing, right? For me, it's like, no, 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 I have to meet this minimum requirement because this is the minimum requirement for me to be able to comfortably and really abundantly pay out my team. Yeah. I mean, for me, Mon's wage is my favorite thing to pay. (laughs) I'm like, God has absolutely gifted me with this woman. And my life is so much better having team as a part of it because the mentality came along for a lot of us. We do it all ourselves and we don't need help and we have to do it. And it's a brave thing to do it by ourselves. and really receiving support. I mean, it's one of the teachings that Preston says, right? It takes a village to raise a baby, takes a village to raise a woman, takes a village to raise a successful person. There's only so far I can go on my own. And so your invoice, favorite thing. Mon's invoice, favorite thing. TBC's invoice, favorite thing. And there's only so far I can go by myself. And now after having those mentors that didn't feel super in alignment with me, it's really shown me the value of how much I love seeing you, how much I love seeing your success, how happy I feel, how happy I feel to pay Mon's wage. And that to me feels so empowering that it's like, that's such a great driver because these people are adding so much value to my life. Even mom was like, I love all your clients. They send the nicest emails. It's so beautiful communicating with them. Everyone's happy. Everyone loves engaging. I'm not a big email person. They're the nicest emails that you could get from a group of humans. And that to me is like, oh, 
I just have the best people in my corner really supporting my company to thrive. And from that, if I'm the heart of my business and then those people feel like that and they're channeling that into my clients and then those clients are going out into the world and living their lives, like that to me feels super enriching. Oh, and I couldn't agree more. I always am like, guys, like, like constantly like, you get a bonus. <laughs> you get a bonus. <laughs> and I, I, so I totally feel you. Everyone's like, you, you, your team gets paid so well. And I'm like, I know. Because <laughs> they're the best. And honestly, I wish I could pay them more. And, and they make your life better. Every day I cried on uh, yesterday. I cried yesterday afternoon on the phone to my ops manager, just telling her how much I loved her. <laughs> like, I can't. I, like, you changed my life. I don't know. I can't do it without you. Like, I, just it's insane. And so... Even Jake, my partner, he's like, can I have mom? I was like, no. He's like, but could we split her? I'm like, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm, He's like, no. I want a mom. Yeah, you're like, go find one. <laughs> this is mine. But I, I love that because I do see a lot of people in business that they don't enjoy paying their team energetically. And I'm sure you've been, I mean, you were in a franchise, so I'm sure you saw it from time to time. You know, where it's like, oh, like what like they treat wages like it's something that needs to be managed. And look, I'm a business coach. I understand business, bottom lines, profit margins, I get it. And yes, wages are something that needs to be managed. I understand that. And you do have to be cautious about overspending and making sure that you're doing things smarter instead of harder and you have systems in place and you're automating what can be automated and all of those things. But when you are sending people's pays out with hate in your energetics, they will feel it. They will feel it like the way that you value them, the way that you speak to them, the way that you pay them, the way that you hold space for them, the way that you listen to them, the way that you speak to them. They know, like you guys know, like you can feel it's an energetic field, right? Like you can feel it. So I think that the reason, and I know you've only recently brought Mon into your world, but I know that it's going to 10X your business having the stuff set up that you've got set up now, the systems, the presses. Beck doesn't do anything manual anymore. (laughs) <laughs> thank you there's always a part of me that misses it no not really <laughs> so I, I'm really excited to see like I feel like I, currently I'm living in possibility of wow before I, it was so certain what I was going to do and what my business looked like and now not only is it certain but now there's just so much possibility for so much more like Mon's even like do you think you're being a little bit unrealistic <laughs> I'm like no 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 <laughs> I believe that this can happen and this can happen and this can happen so I love just being being able to play there it's yeah. created the space for me to be able to do that mm. and instead of being like so bogged down in the doing and the day-to-day and the oh my god I wake up in the middle of the night I haven't set that zoom link or I haven't sent those notes or I haven't done this thing it's like it actually guys if you are the vision if you're at 30k months like Beck has been and you are still doing everything in your business it needs your vision and you can only go as far as you can creatively allow yourself to go. And now that Beck's brought on support, which is so hard to allow yourself to be supported, it is really hard. But once you bring on that support, it gives you that space to play again. And then all of a sudden, the future starts looking, like Beck just said, full of possibility. Well, I've been saying about my podcast for over four years. It launches on Monday. Obviously, I had the activewear. I've always desired to have a product-based business as well as service. I have three products. I already have one launch. I have two launching over the next two weeks. And I love that you mentioned vision because all of this came online from being able to bring Mon in, which gave me space to actually be able to do these things that I said that I wanted to do. But without Mon, obviously my clients come first. So they get the time. And then all the behind the scenes that I had to get the time then, which gave no time and space for podcast gave no time and space for product creation gave no space for the vision of that mm-hmm. so that's really what onboarding mon has done for me it's given me space to bring through some of my greatest desires 
Yeah. And all within such a short period of time. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we've only been working to for not even, what, like three months, maybe four like, months. Literally, we've had our two one-on-one calls. We've had two one-on-one calls. So it's like, <laughs> that's insane. I was like, you don't even see Steph once. I was like, she sets me up. We're going to do the thing. The thing creates massive change. That's all we need. And I was like, we can touch base on Facebook, but no, no, we're set. And she's like, yeah. we really are. I'm like, yeah, we really are. But you're an executor as well. And I do really want to draw, shine light on that for anybody listening. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not because my words are magic and it just magically moves back into into alignment. Like, Beck, you take massive action. You take massive action every single time. I'm like, yeah, cool. Hi, I'm on. You're like, cool. The next day, you're like, hey, contract signed. It's done. It's out. She's on. Here's what, like, it's instant. You do the work. Yeah, I've always been super disciplined. I think that comes from my parents, obviously being a good girl, getting great grades. That was something that was really important to my family growing up, strict Italian father. So it has worked out to a degree. And what I actually love, the thing that I do love the most about me is whilst I'm a high performer, I'm not a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So I can just be like, Mon, this is your job role. And she's like, do you want to check over that? And I'm like, no, thank you. I trust that you're just going to be able to do that. And that's one thing that I'm super grateful for, to be able to execute, to be able to receive support and to not need to micromanage. And that's probably based on my experience as an employee and how it felt to be micromanaged by someone and how empowering trust, I believe, is. Yeah. And calling in the right people, putting them in the right seats and giving them your trust, giving them your vision, giving on my vision. And she knows that I trust her to be able to bring that to life. Yeah, amen. I'm exactly the same back. I could not. I just, I have no interest in micromanaging. People oh like, my God, you should see the workbooks and the books you've created. So you're like, this is, like, this is amazing. That's a work of art. I was never going to do that. Yeah, yeah, I would have been sending it out on bloody Microsoft Word. <laughs> Literally, I have my Beck brand. Paint. It does. It's, she's doing an incredible job. And, you know, I get to stay in my genius and she gets to be in hers. Yeah, absolutely. So in... One of your programs called True Transformation, you teach women how to break free from shame, how to own their own voice, to express themselves authentically, and you create space for aligned partnerships. How did your business change when you kind of did this work yourself? I'm just able to go deeper. I think the deeper that I'm able to go within myself, the deeper that the client is able to go as well. But I've always been so proud of my skill set. I have always been so proud of my coaching abilities. My ability to hold space for clients is really the thing I'm so proud of because my entire life, nothing has ever been good enough for me. My body hasn't been good enough. The way that I show up to life hasn't been good enough. Everything has always been just not quite enough. Like my dad really wanted me to get into law and I promised him that I would. And I got 0.3 off the TR that I committed to getting. And he's the sweetest man. He doesn't know the lasting psychological impact this had on me. But for 10 years, he kind of reminded me, you almost got it, but not quite, 0.3. And that's kind of been my entire life, working so hard, so hard, so hard for something, and it just being 0.3 off good enough. And the one thing that has always been just incredible for me has been my coaching ability. And the deeper that I go inside of myself, And the rawness and permission that I bring through, I think the thing that has really changed actually to bring it full circle is my ability to be truly transparent with clients. To begin with, when I started, I thought there has to be almost like a leadership role, that I have to be so empowered as a partner. I have to be killing it in everywhere of my life. I can't be vulnerable and vulnerability is my thing. So the deeper that I went into the work, I realized not only do I have the skill set, but there isn't a mask. If I'm going through something, And it feels appropriate to share transparently with the client, oh, this is what I went through, or this is something that came up for Jake and I. I'll create that rapport by sharing it very truthfully. And that's probably what's changed for me, the ability to be more honest. 
I have personally had that experience as well, where going deeper within and just always doing the work. Like I always have coaches so that I can learn more about myself, my business, my stuff, so I can teach people, you know, how to do it in their business with their stuff and themselves and hold that mirror up and reflect. But what I love about what you just said so much, and and I don't know if anyone else noticed it if you're listening, that over the course of this podcast, Beck, you have highlighted so much of what you are fucking great at. And I love it. I love it because I feel like we're so used to just going straight to the things that we're not so good at. And even like so in a self-deprecating way, you know, it's quite funny to be self-deprecating sometimes and, you know, all of these things. But I love that throughout this podcast episode, you've been like, no, this is what I'm really good at. And actually, this is my strength. And I'm actually really proud about this. And I love it because I think that as women, and I'm sure that you can speak to this, we need to own that so much more. And the language, like, you know, when we're speaking language right now to each other, our subconscious thoughts and processes are coming through because we don't have time to pick our words. We don't have time to think about what we're going to say. And as you're speaking, your subconscious words that are coming out about you and about yourself are positive. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it was a choice. But prior to the herpes virus, I went through a 10-year disordered eating journey. So it's been a lot of work to get me to this place. And there's almost like that line in the sand that I spoke about when it comes to choosing me and doing the Facebook Live. It's the same with how I speak about myself every day because I've done the opposite. And I already have evidence of what the opposite creates and how it makes me feel and how I live my day and how I fall asleep at night. And it wasn't working. And so that's why I went on this journey. And that's, that really is the thing that I'm most proud of. I didn't do it to be like, I'm going to go and get this skill set and charge people for it said, I need this for me. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm really good at teaching it as well. It's, it's handwritten on my soul. And yeah, I just can't do the opposite. After so many years of living from that space, I don't choose it anymore. I can't. What would you say if someone's listening today and maybe they're holding something? Maybe when you first spoke about this thing that was like an alarm bell in the back of your mind that you know, something you've never shared with anybody, something that just feels dirty to you. Or potentially you just aren't using your voice. You're just playing a little bit safe, playing a little bit small, living in scarcity. What kind of words of advice would you give to somebody who's sitting in that place right now? I would ask what I'm making that thing mean about me. Maybe it's I'll never get a partner. Maybe it's my family are going to be horrified. Whatever that thing is, I would encourage you to maybe share with someone that you really love, someone that you really trust and realize that you can be loved and received with whatever this limiting false belief is. And then I would encourage you to find someone who has broken free from what it is that you're experiencing right now because you don't need to recreate the wheel. Like what you're going through, millions of other people on this planet, no matter what, have been through as well. I love uh, at the very beginning where you said, it's not the vehicle. Like it, it's the herpes virus for me and some women who connect with me. For some people, it's other things. For some women who have connected with me, it's their husbands have cheated and their family are judging, but the wife still chooses the husband. And it's the stigma of the family's judgment that they're trying to break away from. So whatever your thing is, someone's gone through it and they know how to break out of it. Find that person and receive whether it's just getting in their Instagram and absorbing their content, purchasing one of their programs, joining one of their programs, working with them one-on-one, but find someone who you really resonate with, who can pave the way forward for you so that you don't have to guess your way forward and through it Mm. because it is a way out. Absolutely. And I love that. Don't reinvent the wheel. Mm. There is always someone. And even though, and I know that you'll be able to speak this so much, like it feels so lonely. Like so many people have herpes. 
Like, mm-hmm. like around, millions of people around the world and, and millions of women around the world have been cheated on by their husbands and still choose their husbands. And uh, if you don't listen to Esther Perel, you have to. <laughs> but, you know, like it, there's so, it's so out there. It's so available and just going to find those people back. I love that. Where can people find you? Mm, they can come over to my Instagram. That's where I'm most active. It'll always be me who's responding to you and you can join my world if it feels really aligned. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. My podcast launches on Monday, so you're always welcome to come along to that as well. So excited for your podcast launch. It is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And oh, um, if this podcast is anything to go by, Beck, like you were born to be on the mic, my love. Mm, thank you so much, Steph. Guys, if you loved today's episode, we would love it if you take a screenshot and go onto social media, tag us at Steph Gordon and at Beck Antonucci. We would love to see what your biggest takeaways were. We would love to see you in our DMs. We are more than happy to talk. But guys, go and have a beautiful day. Babe, thank you for tuning into today's episode. It means the absolute world to have you here with me. If you want more, head to the show notes below to check out our latest free resources, along with the exclusive link for podcast listeners to book in a free 15-minute strategy session to find out how you can boom your biz.